Welcome to Netfront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon of the Post-Dispatch, joined by Jim Thomas and Tom Timmerman, both in the studio, along with our junior executive producer, Christian Gooden, enjoying the hockey talk here on the at the All-Star break with our, our uh, Icemen atop the Western Conference. Uh, JT, I guess you got to say so far, so good. No signs of a cup hangover to this point. A few, few scuffles here and there, but on balance, this team is where it wants to be. Jeff, I just had this feeling of deja vu as if I've been in this place before. But actually, last year at this time, the Blues were not in this place, although they were just beginning to turn the corner. But, yeah, what, what, what is there to, to complain about about this team? I think if, uh, uh, if, if anyone had thought that they'd be in this, this spot, uh, you know, uh, even after the Stanley Cup, they'd probably be liars. I mean, no, no hangover, no lull, and here we are at the end of January. Maybe it could still happen, but – you know, they have work to do, but they're pretty much assured of a playoff spot. I think the, the, the thing that they have to think about is, you know, staying hungry, which I think this team will do, and entering the playoffs with some momentum. I mean, uh, all systems are go. Well, Tom, when something bad happens, other people pick up, other players, other good things happen to offset it. Tarasenko goes down, but David Perron, as a volume shooter and a better finisher, helps offset some of that uh, Jordan Bennington's been somewhat human this year, unlike last year where he was unbelievable, but Jake Allen's played real well. Colton Preco goes down, and uh, Nico Mikolo comes up uh, and, and plays really well. It's it just guys go down, other people step up, and, and the thing has uh, stayed right on course. You know, I don't know that I expected once Tarasenko got hurt that this team would – they were still a good team, they'd be a playoff team, but to be – Far and away, the most points in the Western Conference after losing, you know, one of the elite goal scorers in the league. You know, it's like who was going to pick up the slack? And and everyone has picked up the slack. And everyone's having, almost everyone, is having, if not a career year, close to it. And it's it's really amazing. I mean, this team lost the the its best offensive player and is still doing what it's doing. Well, JT, just go down the list of, of guys. You know, last year, Jaden Schwartz. Uh, was a guy who struggled through the regular season, had a good postseason. Uh, now he's got his jump back. We talked about it last week uh, on the net front. Uh, he's certainly put last year well behind him, and, he, and he's back to being Jane Schwartz. Is another good example of how this team is, uh, has moved forward. Yeah, as, as, as Tommy said, they have a lot of guys that are either having career years or close to career years. And it harkened back to something uh, – that uh, Doug Armstrong has alluded to a couple of times. They may not have a superstar, although you could maybe argue Tarasenko as an elite scorer is close to that. But they have a lot of really good players. And that, that's really showed this year. They have five players <clears throat> with 40 or more points here at the All-Star break. There is not another team in the league that has that many 40-point scores. You have Perron, you have Petro, you have Shen, you have Schwartz, and uh, who else here? O'Reilly. Uh, O'Reilly. So the – that is quite a nucleus, and it, it mm-hmm. speaks to the uh, it speaks to the depth. A couple other mm-hmm. things about this profile: they 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 get a first period lead, they don't lose. I mean, they haven't lost in regulation after they've scored first. And the other thing, they haven't lost at least in regulation. They haven't lost a one goal game. Now they got a lot of overtime and 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 shootout losses, but there's something like twelve zero and eight. They're they're the only team in the league that can make that claim on in in. in in, in either basis, either when you score first or in one goal game. So I think they they have just a crystal clear vision of what 
of what their identity is and, and what they need to do and how they go about their business winning games. And, yeah, they've blown some leads, but invariably they at least get a point out of it. In the second quarter of the uh, season, uh, Tom, the uh, connection between Robert Thomas and Tyler Bozak has worked out. Tyler is playing on the mm-hmm. wing, has been effective playing off of Robert, who has just uh, taken a big step after a slow start offensively. Really found, and they really found, he really found himself in his place on the team. And had he started the year this way, he'd be mm-hmm. another guy, uh, probably, he's a 40 point type guy halfway, or to say, um, mm-hmm. we're probably, what, about 60% of the way into the season, 65%. Mm-hmm. He's that type of player, too. And he and Bozak have, have found something that gives you three combinations up and down the forward lines that work real well. Yeah, I mean, this team's actually, and if you look at Barbershev and Sunquist on the fourth line, they may have four different pairings of guys that they can put together and then mix and match wings. Um, you know, Thomas and Bozak, we saw it last year when Pat Maroon was there with them, uh, this year with Steen with them. It's just been, that's been a good combination. Um, I, I think Robert Thomas is the kind of guy whose style will lead anyone to being in a good combination with him because of the way he plays with the puck. And But Bozak has been at his best when he's been with Thomas. So I think that's that's worked out extremely well for the Blues to have that. To have what is their third line to be able to put out there often and in good situations and to be productive? So if you look at this team, actually I think the guy, if I was to pick the guy that would be the best mm-hmm. player for the half, and we're celebrating the All-Star game here in St. Louis, and uh, for me it's kind of weird. Like Alex Petrangelo has been the guy. Now, mm-hmm. you know, Ryan O'Reilly's going to take bows and – you know, David Perron, Jordan Bennington. But, man, Alex, on a, on a walk year of a contract. You know, you see guys have great years on the walk year and guys have terrible years. He's had a phenomenal year on the walk year. Yeah, I think I might go with Perron just because of all the game-winning goals, but you could certainly make a case for Petrangelo. And he's he's uh, certainly making the most of a contract year. Uh, I, I talked to him right before the, the break, and, and it's a story that's going to be running uh, uh, soon at stltoday.com and in the Post-Dispatch. But he talked about, it was a little surprising to me, how he thought his career was kind of revived by uh, Barubi and that he and Barubi had kind of the same vision of, of uh, how to play the game and also Barubi's faith in keeping him on the power play. And, and another surprising thing that Petro said was he was he's, that this is the most skilled offensive team he's been on as a member of the Blues. And he's been around here for a while, I think a full decade at least of, mm-hmm. of full seasons. And, and, and so it, 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 and I, it made me look back at like the team scoring. They're averaging like 3.2 goals per game. And they haven't finished a season uh, since like I think 02-03 where they averaged at least three goals a game. So I guess at this point he he's right and – you know, people keep, and maybe we'll get into trade deadline stuff here. People keep talking about Kreider. They need this. They need that. They they look like they have enough scoring. They're about to get Sammy Blay back. Who knows when Vladdy will be back? But it's 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 amazing that that he thinks that there's this much uh, you know this much depth and maybe this much scoring. And it has been surprising. I mean, Tom's talked a million times about he's he, and and I think we all feel this way. He kept waiting for the fall off. After Tarasenko got hurt, it just hasn't happened. Now, to talk a little bit more about uh, Alex's case, and we've talked about this before on the net front, for me, it's like he last year was a tremendous unburdening mm-hmm. for Alex Petrangelo. You're the captain of a team that's never won a cup. Uh, you've gone through some coaching changes as captain. You've had fingers pointed at you. 
Uh, a very stressful time with the, the, the triplets, very stressful time when the, clearly the chemistry of the team wasn't coming together quickly last year. Tremendous burden. Uh, Alice Petrangelo this year, zero burden. I mean, yeah, there's a contract mm-hmm. thing, but it, it, compared, he knows he's getting paid. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not, it's just a matter of how much. He's getting paid, whether he wants to be here or go somewhere else, he's getting paid. That's not, he's been freed. Mm-hmm. The, that yeah. safe off back, the, he's got, the, the team is working. You talk about the connection with the coach. And just imagine shedding all of that burden and just now being a, a reigning cup champion and just playing hockey. Yeah, I think there were points last year in which he might have said, you know, fans were, you know, dumping on the team early. He was like, fine, trade me. You know, I'd have been, he probably would have been good being away from all of that and all of the, the grief and burden that he was on. And now, you know, he's, yeah, he is unburdened. And he's, and you're seeing it both offensively and defensively. He gets back defensively, breaks up plays. He doesn't, you know, it's, it's not just the scoring. He's, he's doing it in all areas of the ice. And he is playing like a man who's been born again. And he's just, he's doing a great job of it. And that's, you know, when you talk contracts, it's going to be, well, how, how many years can you give him? And, you know, the Blues didn't want to give back us five. And that turned out to be exactly the, you know, (laughs) that turned out to be a very prescient move. I mean, Petrangelo, you know, the way he's going, and obviously injuries can happen at any time in the NHL. But he looks like a guy with with a lot of years ahead of him. And one more thing about Alex JT, it's uh, he 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 doesn't like talking to the media every single day. Other, you know, Ryan O'Reilly would be fine with that. He's and he's really good at it. But Alex is maybe fans miss just how one how smart this guy is and how astute he is and how much he cares. These things because of his personality, fans want to see that a certain personality out of a captain, and they want to see him up there on the podium, you know, you know or in front of the cameras. Mm-hmm expounding all the time on the state of the team. A lot of fans have no idea how, how much this guy has to offer in terms of his, his leadership. He's a smart guy, and, 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 and uh, I, wouldn't, I, I don't know if it's necessarily a complex personality, but a different personality. Some of his teammates say he's kind of goofy. We don't really see the, the goofy side, but uh, uh, he is very smart. He cares about leadership. He's a guy, you know, the players – on the one hand, some players say that, you know, oh, he's a leader by example. Others say you can't shut him up in the room. He's always talking about something, and it may not have to do with uh, with, with hockey. So, yeah, he is an interesting guy to uh, to talk to. And uh, But as you said, Jeff, there, there are some days where he's just not in the mood, and he's just not he's just not in the room or he gets out of the room quick. But uh, pr- pretty uh, pretty thoughtful guy. Now, this team is, uh, is blessed with a – just guy after guy after guy with personality that, that, that fits together. There's not there are a lot of guys that care, different types of personalities, but they, but it, but it blends together. And I, and I look at a guy mm-hmm. like Tom, like a Braden Shen, who's more comfortable. He's got his contract. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's not in Philly anymore. He's in St. Louis again. He's a Cup winner. He's a champion. All the stuff they said about him in Philly has been proven to be opposite of, of mm-hmm. reality. Just another guy that just you know he just fits fits the group and turned out to be. You know, uh, a great fit in, in maybe more ways than they could have imagined. Yeah, and he's you know he's another guy who was in his contract year, and who's having a great year. And it's you know it's like he didn't get the memo. You know, okay, you've got the big contract. You don't need to have the contract <laughs> right, year anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, no, no, he's still doing it. Uh, you know, he's he's kind of calmed down a little bit from how great he was going early in the year, but he's still pretty consistent, pretty doing a pretty good job. Um, but yeah, you wonder, you know, 
he he had his burden removed with a contract that he's now set. And you know, would he go to the net as much as he would if he was still wondering, well, if I if I take a puck to the something and, and I'm out for the season, then what happens to my contract? But now it's like, okay, I'm free. I can do whatever I want. I've got the deal. And he's and he's doing it. And he and he fits in. And I think he's like taking on a more of a leadership role, but he's he seems to be more talkative in the room. And I think he knows he's gonna be here for right. the next seven years. And so uh, I'm, I'm going to have to do this. And so he's doing that now. It's funny how uh, JT, he's got, he earned the respect here. And it just makes you wonder, and you guys, you know, it, the, the Flyers visiting, mm-hmm. he had a chance to go back and look at that disastrous mm-hmm. trade for that franchise and Ron Hextall's career as a general manager. But what were the, what the hell were they thinking? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you maybe know? maybe five years from now we'll all be talking about yeah. Morgan Frost and Joel Farabee. But you know what? Oh. In, ho- in the hockey world, in the sports world, five years is a lifetime. Who, who will care by then? Yeah. You know? Like you said, Shen, he's been an all-star here. He's got a fat new contract. He's got a Stanley Cup. How could life be any better for, for Braden Shen? And he's a working-class guy. He is. And one on, of those, and... uh, as Tom uh, so eloquently wrote, one of those sasky boys. You yeah. Know, yeah, yeah. Schwartzy and, and, and Bozak. He's he's kind of a, uh, whereas Petrangelo is thoughtful and there's there's more layers to him. Uh, Shen, I think, is what you see is what you get. He's just uh, seems like a down-to-earth uh, Saskatchewan guy. You know? and, and I guess, Tom, another guy that benefits from uh, the Chief. You know, I mean, yeah. uh, he, he plays a physical game. The Chief knows that side of his game again i don't know why he didn't command respect that he should have gotten in philly but the chief mm-hmm. knew what he had with him and mm-hmm. and certainly uh and he's he fits perfectly in what what uh what ruby's trying to do with this group and it's interesting in that this team was built the way it was and craig Bruby was the assistant coach and it turned out that it fits perfectly a craig Bruby style of play even though he wasn't the coach he ascended to the job and got Guys who could do things exactly what he wanted to do and go on the forecheck and get in the corners and, and muck and grind. And those are the guys to do it. You know, you know, how would Craig Bruby handle, you know, Tampa Bay? Would that be a good fit? He's a perfect nah. fit right. for this team. And really it's an extension of the vision Ken Hitchcock mm-hmm. had. And I think mm-hmm. Mike Yo, mm-hmm. I don't know, couldn't carry it forward mm-hmm. and, and couldn't get it delivered. But this really goes back to the team that Hitchcock wanted, the smothering type of a, mm-hmm. uh, a, a team both ends of the ice that would just to play the heavy game to wear mm-hmm. you down and grind away. And, and if, I, if looking past the all-star break to can they keep it going, well, you mentioned Sammy Blay. He's coming back to add that element to the mix. They're trying to squeeze that element out of, uh, out of Zach Sanford. And Falk is is hitting people on the defensive end and doing that, adding that element, even maybe even more so than Joel Edmondson did. It seems like there's no reason to believe they can't maintain that style, uh, especially with the guys they have in the second half uh, who can do more. Yeah, and as Tom wrote the other day that they've uh, Baruby's talked to Don about being more physical. Sunquist is a not just the scoring, but in terms of his physical play, he's a totally different player than he was when he got here. Now he would block shots, he would he would kill penalties, he he'll play defense. He did that right from the start, but he wasn't hitting people. I mean, now now he's hitting people. It's the Baruby points, uh, Jeff, as you, as you coined the phrase. Uh, and you you can't play here. Or you can't play regularly if you don't hit people, if you don't get the Baruby points. That's 
one, you know, if you can't hit people, hound pucks, and play defense, and that's one reason why Robbie minus twenty three Fabry is uh, is mm-hmm. playing in Detroit and 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 not here, and that's one reason why kind of Sanford goes in and out of the lineup because sometimes he has it and sometimes he doesn't show it. And uh, Tom uh, Ivan Barbashev is definitely the Chiefs kind of guy, and he gets. Mm-hmm. You know, there was some back and forth on his contract. Ends up getting, uh, I think, a fair deal for somebody at his level. But he's there's more to give there, and I think I do see mm-hmm. his career taking off. But he is embracing. You know, he leads the team in hits. He's a human missile. He uses mm-hmm. his. He gets it out with his speed. He can, can create some some offense as well. But he's perfectly fine uh, filling that role, and mm-hmm. uh, and and gets the. It just seems again, a, couldn't have worked out much better. Yeah, he's one of those guys that almost every game at some point you notice. Evan Barbershev doing something, we're getting in a corner, getting a getting a puck, making a play, killing a penalty. You know, on the, on the penalty kill, it's he and Sunquest who, when they get the puck, are the ones looking up ice rather than just firing it down. They'll think we can attack, and he does that. He just he makes his presence known in a lot of ways. And you know, I don't know if he's, you know, they he was a top line guy when, when that first year when he was here and they played in there. I don't know if he's going to be a top line guy, but. You know, second, third line, fourth line, all those places he fits in well. Well, JT, if he went back to Europe and played in the KHL, he would probably be a scoring line guy. He could be the finesse guy. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and Saboka went back and played that role and, and kind of lost his edge, came back and wasn't the same guy. I guess I had some fear that he would go, that maybe he would succumb to maybe a good financial offer, go back to KHL, lose the edge, and really not be the same guy if he tried to come back. But he stayed the course. Could have gone back to the easy lifestyle, half as many games, a lot less hitting. But, uh, no, he chose to, to, to remain a, kind of an agitator, getting paid decent money, but with a really tough role. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, you could go back to the KHL where, at last check, Soshnikov and uh, your your good friend Dmitry Askin are among the top scorers over there. Yeah, the yeah, NHL. and he's better than those guys, right? Oh, yeah, I mean, come on. yeah. I would say without yeah. a doubt. You know, when Blay comes back, it'll, it'll be interesting to see if, because Sunquist has been playing – up line-wise a lot if they go back to, to, to keeping Sunquist and Barbashev together because that line was so good, whether it was with Steen or with Mackenzie McEachern. It was mainly Steen, obviously, uh, last year, but uh, uh, we haven't really uh, seen that. But, uh, you know, and Blay is the 10 weeks are up, actually a week from today, uh, the, the 29th. So Blay, unless there's been some kind of setback, and we, we know wrists are tricky, uh if he'll be ready to go, I would assume he'd go on the the Western Canada trip. Mm-hmm. If nothing else, just to practice with the team. But uh, when you get him back, uh, you know uh, there, there's a chance you could have you could have that uh, McKechn uh, Barbashev Sunquist line together, which I think would be you know it's proven to be very effective. Of course, now there's going to be some stress here, guys, because mm-hmm. I know that JT's after we get done with the podcast, he's going to jump in and do his live chat, and then odds are somebody's going to bring up uh, Jordan Cairo. And somebody's going to probably insist that he should be playing ahead of Sanford, who, by the way, went into the break with a couple, you know, a couple nice offensive games over yep. the last four. It is interesting to see what what do you do with a guy with so much ability, and he's made some plays, and he'd be playing a ton for a lot of teams. Jordan Cairo, interesting uh, X factor for this team. Yeah, I think the fact that they didn't send him down to San Antonio over the All-Star break, which I thought they were going to do just so we could get some games. And they, they chose to keep him. And I, and I think that may be indicative of something going forward, that they don't want to say, you know, they're trying to say, Jordan, you're, you're an NHL player now. You're going to be in the NHL. 
if they'd send him back down, it's, oh, okay, you're still an NHL. No, you're an NHL guy. We're keeping you here. You are part of this unless something really strange happens that they don't want to send him down. Now, the question comes, I mean, when Blake comes back and that's another, somebody comes out, does Kairou going to stay as a scratch? Or, you know, or in, in which case they have to let Brower go or do they send Kairou down to play? That's going to be an interesting scenario for this team as to what happens. But I think the fact that they didn't send him down at the break may hint at which way they're looking at this. Yeah, interesting scenario for uh, for Doug Armstrong is the uh, trade deadline will come nearer. Um, guys are t- making the case. I mean, p- the easy thing would have been a few weeks ago to say, well, you know, Sanford's kind of the odd man out a lot of nights, and maybe they shop him. And mm-hmm. uh, but no, I mean, he's he's a he's a rangy guy. Uh, he has he's had some really nice uh, moments. He's uh, he's been a little mm-hmm. feistier. He's been a little more robust. He's still at an age where this is really his only his second full NHL season because he lost a year with the shoulder injury. Uh, bigger guys could take a, a longer time to develop. I mean, you got a lot of guys you're not eager to move. If you're Doug, you feel good about your depth, and you got guys you're not dying to get rid of. You know, just not much. Not much. He's looking up and down that roster, thinking, "Boy, I hope I get a chance to spring this guy out of here." Because it's again, it's all working so well. Yeah, not. Uh, I don't know what you could say is uh, is uh, uh, Deadwood, dead dead lumber on the mm-hmm. roster. There's there's just not a lot. Kyra, another thing that I thought of, mm-hmm. you know, he 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 he's told us he's maybe ninety ninety five percent back from the knee. And he still gets treatment on the knee after every game when he was playing. Maybe they just, hey, just relax, get treatment, get away from the game a little, maybe work out. So maybe that was uh, that was tied into it. But, yeah, I, I, I think we were really surprised that he wasn't sent down to get, get some minutes. But it goes back to Baruby points. Uh, he, he wants him to have better puck management, to play better defense. And I, I think he's, his puck possession is light years ahead of where it was Last year, but he's you know he had such a long way to go. Last year, last year, if you just breathed on him heavy, he would cough up the uh, puck. So uh, I, I think he wants him to get at that point where Robert Thomas is now. More often than not, I mean, occasionally Robert Thomas will try to get a little too fancy, but more often than not, he's he's it's tough to get the puck away from him now. And I think that's where he wants to get Jordan Cairo. But it, it does speak to the depth, at least the the first level of depth. I think as a total maybe farm team. Maybe the Blues aren't as deep as they'd like to be, but uh, you wrote about it today. They, they they got guys stacked up who probably could deserve and to be in this lineup or could be playing good minutes for other guys, guys like uh, Mikola, Kairou. You know, Costin is really heating up down there now. He probably could be playing for – and they, they just can't get in this lineup. Well, and the point we uh, you guys we had in a couple different ways you could, uh, in terms mm-hmm. of content in the uh, STL today and – uh, also in the newspaper, that they have, uh, they're in a they're in a fortunate situation. They, they've done a good job of stacking up some guys after, later in the draft, but just what happened at the World Junior Championships was encouraging mm-hmm. because you've got uh, a couple of guys who who rose up and showed very well at the WJC. Guys that, in terms of Hofer's case, you probably didn't expect coming into the year, and then you know with. Just that they're not in San Antonio yet, but they they're going to be on the cusp, guys. They've they've got that that next group coming that could be chips to play, if there's any reason to do that. They do have some guys that that Doug does have some flexibility now, that is good considering how many things he's traded to get this team together. He's traded away a, a lot, and yet he's got some some pieces thanks to WGC and some other things, WJC rather. Yeah, though they are you know. 
you know, Mikula's play makes you, you know, they got to find a place for him next year. You know, Mikula's play was like probably scary for Jake Waldman. It's like, oh, well, there's one. There's, right. he, he's clearly ahead of me. And then all the other defensemen down there are going to be like, whoa, wait a second. I mean, this is the – But Mitch Ranke, who, who yeah. was, we thought is on the short list to, to come up as a defenseman. Yeah. yeah. But on the other hand, I mean, you know, Bomeister, you know, you'd think he'd be back for next year. You know, Gunnarsson. I mean, they got guys who are who are gonna edge out. You don't know what happens to Petrangelo, so there there could be openings for these young defensemen. But they got guys there. I mean, they could if. I mean, every, I think everyone was like saw Mikula play and thought, okay, you know why? <laughs> why, why keep him in the lineup. There's yeah. no there's no loss there by having Nico Mikula. He didn't play. look overwhelmed at all, did he? No. Mm-hmm. Then Perunovic is in college, third year. Last year wasn't as good. Uh, this year, getting good independent reviews. The ind- scouts who are independent of the team like his. Better defensively, you know, sees the play well, both both ends of the ice. Little guy, but, you know, there are a lot of really good little defensemen in the league right now. It doesn't fit the Berube model, but he's a guy that can certainly play in the league. It looks like he's got a great feel for it. He's going to be a pro after this year. Add him to the pile of guys that other teams are going to be interested in. So, you know, you're in a really good situation, considering that you've traded, you know, multiple first-round picks or and or guys who were picked in the first round. Yeah. To mm-hmm. be in a situation where you've still got a good supply of young players. Uh, some cap leverage, or uh, or possibly, you know, if he felt compelled to make a move, uh, he could. Yeah, maybe not quite as deep in, the, in terms of the forward prospects. I mean, obviously you got Cairo up here. I think Costin after this year will be be ready to come up, even if even if it's like a fourth line. Yeah, more of a bottom you, six guy. Yeah, bottom six. Right. Where where you wedge him in there? He, obviously, he's got the potential to be to be more than that. Uh, and you know Alexandrov is—he's probably a couple years away. I think Hofer and Alexandrov are both uh, uh, will both be in San Antonio next year. They're—they're going to skip the—they'd the, be junior eligible next year, but they're going to—they're going to skip that. But uh, I don't know who else you have uh, down there. They like Torpchenko, but he's not a big scorer. They right, like he's more of a bottom Pagansky, guy. he's not a big scorer. Right. You have the Aussie; he's scoring, but uh, yeah, he's just a journeyman type. But you know, you. You forget that you have so many young guys here now. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. Kairou can't get in the lineup, and Blay is 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 a young guy still. Sanford's still relatively yeah. young. Barbershev's relatively young. Sunquist only Sunquist is re- relatively young yeah. in terms of certainly mm-hmm. contract wise too. Thomas, to fit the budget. Yeah. Thomas is a guy. So yeah, I mm-hmm. mean, you see, we've seen some other teams win the cup and then start to run into trouble pretty quickly. And re- whether it's you win two or three, which would be you – know, I can't imagine St. Louis even surviving one more of these. Uh, <laughs> certainly they couldn't party at the same level. Certainly not Brett Hall. He yeah. probably wouldn't no, survive. No, no, they would not. He would not. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> but the uh, – it, you know, it's, they're really not in a bad spot. I mean, it, because a number of good things happen during the course of the year that, again, like a, a hole for having a giant year in the WHL or that you didn't really anticipate. You know, you knew he's big goalie. You had some hopes for him. But, you know, certainly he wasn't on their radar screen. All of a sudden he's starting in, for Team Canada. So, really, every way you can look at it, Tom, this has been almost nothing but, other than Tarasenko's injury, almost nothing but positives. Yeah, and that's just uh, an amazing thing. I mean, you know, the, and and at one point early in the year, we thought the injuries were piling up. Blay was out. Tarasenko was out. Steen was out. It was like, oh, my, you know, they're signing Troy Sun- Brower. Sunquist was out for a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it looked like it was going to be this, you know, cataclysmic time for the team. How are they going to survive? And guys got healthy and guys filled in and, you know, they signed Troy Brower, who's only had to play like what five games or something, and yeah. uh, but who's a great guy to have in the room. I mean, that's the thing. I think there would, 
you know, he kind of fills the Chris Thorburn role from seasons past. Reese is a great guy to have in the room. And so I think even if he's not playing, they, they like having him around. That'd be interesting. You know, can you get to the, get to the trade deadline when you can have as many guys as you want around and get, get him there. But yeah, this, this team keeps on winning. And, you know, I think if the hangover or the crunch of games hits, you know, this is the time where it's going to hit because this is where you've now played over the last year, hundreds, you know, more than 100 games. This is where it really starts to take a toll. So we'll see. But with having four lines, they haven't been able to spread the minutes around. Uh, I think that's been a really good thing for this team. All right, so we're at the All-Star break. As luck would have it, the All-Star game is here in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. So, Jim Thomas, uh, you know, it's been a whirlwind for you. You jump on the beat, the team wins the cup, they get the All-Star game. Uh, you know, life's, you're, you're living large here. Um, what, are you, what are you looking forward to this? Is it Green Day? Is it seeing a, a, grown, a grown man, an old man, uh, wearing eyeliner as a lead singer? What I believe got? the correct term is guyliner, but uh, yeah, yeah. The, the males, yeah. Actually, my son's band, one time they came out in guyliner for a show. Huh? That, that, was, uh, that was enough? That was it, yeah. So where, where does he stand on Green Day? Is he a big Green Day guy? Uh, not so much? No, no. More of a Blink-182 uh, guy. Right. But uh, Green Day had some good songs. I think we'd, we'd all agree, huh? No? No, <laughs> no. no pl- plenty of catchy. You know, they've certainly been accused of selling out because they came out of that punk scene and then they made a, a fortune. You know, like that's a bad thing. <laughs> Make a fortune where you can. If, yeah. if, no, if we could do it here on the podcast, we would, we'd yeah, be wearing we guyliner. Would, I think we would. We, would do we probably would, even though you, you wouldn't be able to see it at home. I'm looking forward to the entirety of it all. I I've never covered a an all star game. I did one Pro Bowl uh, in the uh, in the football days, but uh, you know, I believe it or not, I watched a good portion of it uh, last year. I, I I enjoyed it. The three on three format is good. It's hell on the goalies. Uh, the the skills contest was good, although you know the the, the passing accuracy they've removed that. That was a little boring, and replaced it with the uh, the shot off the stands. It reminds yeah. me of when uh, Johnny Hecker was kicking punts off the roof at. Uh, at uh, Rams Park and, and made a video out of them. So that, that'll be fun. I, I like the way the, uh, the NHL is trying to jazz it up a little bit. Well, Tom, will they let uh, reporters try that? Shooting the shooting yeah. pucks? Uh, I don't – well, I'll have to ask somebody. I, yeah. I, 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 know, I know people that'd be, that'd there. Be so we'll, <laughs> well, they're going to have a net, right? Over yeah, they will the, lower the, the net. The fans will be pr- up protected. But they ought to let us in there during an off-peak time. Let us take a shot at that. It yeah, was, yeah. Some comical results. Why not? If, 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 but if it's anything like my uh, my golf shot, uh, then then they need, like, double net. They need, yeah, like, extra, extra levels of netting. Extra yeah, protection yeah. for – yeah. For any fans. That'll be, you know, that's one of those things since no one's done it. You know, what's it going to, you know, it'd be a shame if everyone got out there and missed everything. But uh, it'd be uh, neat to see that. A little uh, bit of pressure happen. on those guys, yeah. I would think. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, quickly, JT, uh, plug one thing that's coming up on uh, in the newspaper on STL today. A big, uh, uh, big weekend of coverage. Yeah, be, be a big weekend of coverage. Looking forward to the alumni game. And, and uh, uh, word is it that Red Berenson, the Red Baron at age 80, is going to play in the game. I just wow. hope Cam Jansen doesn't lose his mind and yeah. crush Red in the corner. It could be it for Red. So wow. just leave him alone. Lay off a of Red. Uh, Tom, you got uh, what? What do you got coming here? Then? You know, I, I've got something, but but I, I in Sport. case it in case it falls through, I, I don't. Ah, he's going to leave us hanging. Gonna... I'm going to leave you hanging. You know, when I was talking to a guy at the NHL, Steve Meyer, about the shoot, shooting out of the stands, and he was saying, "And there's a surprise we have planned. I can't tell you what it is, but there's a surprise." And so I, I have no idea. I mean, he wouldn't tell me, but uh, something out of the uh, the shooting stars that would be a surprise. Ah. So and and uh, and yeah. That's 
that's what I, and I right. and I and and I am going to keep low on what I've got just in case it falls right. through and it, right. it maybe what you know, maybe you know. the pucks will shoot off fireworks yeah or oh, exploding pucks or something I yeah know. I think there was talk about they might use orange pucks would be uh, you know that'd be goofy. Yeah. visibility and Jeff right. you'll be all over the place right? yeah we'll be yeah. doing some live vlogging during vlogging all of this too. trying to get keep SDL today up to date well listen guys it's been awesome Jim Thomas Tom Timmerman mm-hmm. thanks for joining us again on mm-hmm. Netfront Presence a quick reminder to uh, see all of our podcasts or hear all of our podcasts on sdltoday.com slash podcast and also test out that uh, digital subscription and uh, I, I did uh, a whole year for $99 a good deal uh, mm-hmm. tremendous redesign of the website uh, you can try a, a month-long trial, I believe, on that, and uh, you'll be happy that you did. So mm-hmm. until next time, for Jim, for Tom, for junior executive producer Christian, mm-hmm. until next time, see ya.